Welcome back to Vulcan Hello, the Incomparables. Uh, I was going to say Flash Discovery Podcast, but uh, our Flash has been a little slow as of late. We're, I'm yeah. Scott McNulty. It's uh, yeah, and that's Jason Snell, who was going to say something witty. Uh, something about us not flashing uh, <laughs> so well yet. We're 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 getting up to up to warp speed. We're still on impulse here because right. it's not actually uh, the season yet. That's right. When the season starts, which is what January seventeenth, I feel like something like that. Something like that. We will be much more on top of uh, getting these out because literally one person has said, "Hey, what happens to you talking about this short trek?" So for that one guy on Twitter, hey, here we here are. Here we go. Here we are. Uh, we're going to talk about uh, the short trek, the latest short trek, uh, the brightest star, the brightest star yes. which I guess could also be known as uh, Saru leaves his planet. Yeah, the origin story of Mister Saru, who we we wondered about what his uh, what his backstory was going it's to be a, and what who the Kelpians were and what the deal mm-hmm. was and yes, now we know, we know we know before this episode we knew a few things about Kelpians that they uh, sense death which uh, never really made any sense to me but it, it has good dramatic moments they're a prey species they're they're That's very right. oriented to being feeling like they might be in danger I, I, yes, they, I never had a problem with that. So, it is January seventeenth. January seventeenth, which is uh, strangely a Thursday. Oh, what? Yeah. That is very strange. Yeah. Oh boy, this we're at a new age, everyone. Star Trek on Thursdays. I don't know I what's don't know going what's on. Well, I mean, every other show is on Sunday nights, so maybe it's all for the best if if Discovery releases on Thursdays. <laughs> I don't You'll know. Get a little bit. I'm, I'm actually not clear if they're going to release every Thursday or if it's just the premiere that releases on Thursday or what is going on there. But, well, um, but I don't understand what the benefit of, I know you don't have this answer, but what is the benefit of releasing the premiere only on Thursday and then switching to Sunday for every other one? I don't, I don't know. I don't know. It's, it's very a, strange. It's a mystery. Uh, it's CBS. Who, who, go, go figure. So yeah, we never saw the Kelpians in any other show. No. And so they want to kind of like explain, other than, you know, in the mirror universe, they're used for food. But <laughs> That's uh, right. I was going to say, my joke was that they're fast and they're delicious. That's yeah. all we know that's all we know so uh so with this one at least now we know why we don't see them is that they like (laughs) don't want to be seen they are uh they are a you know they want to stay on their little planet and uh only saru wants to go to uh go to the stars that's right now i will say uh before we get into it that i did like i like saru i think he's a great character he may be my favorite discovery character uh because he's very interesting i liked seeing this glimpse of his life and how saru got to be saru uh i will say i have many questions about the kelpian society (laughs) Uh uh-huh it doesn't make a lot of sense to me uh but also continuing our uh thoughts about how they want to make these all cheap uh this one i feel like the first short trek which was um uh, tilly Tilly super cheap very cheap Second one uh, was also cheap because it was that guy all by himself on the Discovery, but very good. Uh, and now this one, I feel like, is good and not so cheap. Not because so there's cheap a lot of at people, all. A lot of people it, in there in and Kelpian a surprise makeup, guest. Right? And then at the yes. end, yes, we get Michelle Yeoh back as mm-hmm. uh, as original Giorgio because this is a, this is a, uh, a flashback. Uh, so yeah, I had about halfway through, I'm like, I bet I know how this ends, right? Like, I was like, and, and that was totally it. But, but yes, yeah, so many Kelpians and mm-hmm. I was, even if they're, you know, maybe there were only three and then they just use special effects to double them. But like, it feels like they're ramping up. I don't know how the Harry Mud one is going to feel, but this one felt way more extensive and expensive and just populated than 
than the first two did. Yes, and I got a sense of Kaminar, I guess is the planet where the Kelpians live. Uh, I, I, it was, they, they established the sense of place there for that planet, which sometimes Star Trek fails to do. Because, mm-hmm. um, well, I, I'm looking at you, Next Generation, and mm-hmm. your uh, planets of corporate uh, food courts and things. Yes. <laughs> a, lot of, a lot of gazebos. L- uh, listen, Scott, in the 80s, that's what we thought the future would be, food courts and gazebos. <laughs> Who knew? Who knew that it would turn out to be, uh, I don't know even what it is, people playing Fortnite and uh, malls closing. I'm, I'm Captain, I'm Jean-Luc Picard of the Starship Enterprise. Take me to your gazebo. <laughs> <laughs> but first, I would take me you to your finest food court. <laughs> Do you have Sparrow here? <laughs> is that an orange Julius I spy? <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah. Oh, anyway, they don't have those on uh, Saru's planet. So th- this is yep. we do learn that they have this predator species, right? That uh, they they basically sacrifice. They offer up. They've been trained now to offer up their some of the Kelpians and just give them to the Baul, which is like Ooh. the Gauld on Stargate. I thought yes. Um, and then and uh, Saru's like, no, this sucks. I, I want to get out of here. <laughs> Yeah, I guess every village, because at the the last shot we see uh, of Saru kind of looking over his uh, the valley that they live in, I guess, we see a bunch of different villages. So one assumes each village is centered around what, what I will call a hovering murder cylinder uh-huh. um, <laughs> that murders a select group of people. An, an indeterminate amount of time goes between murder cycles, it seems, uh, and uh, everybody's cool with it, except for Saru. Saru says, there must be something better. Yeah, and so he basically builds a radio. <laughs> yeah, and so we meet Saru's father, although I don't think we ever hear his name, and Saru's um, sister. sister. As Saru's father it, it is some sort of priest, in and he leads like the ritual that people go and they get uh, eaten up by the cylinder. And uh, he's all about maintaining the balance and the great eyes watching over us all. Uh, and and I guess every once in a while, some stuff falls off of a ship passing by. Uh, uh-huh. And I am not a parent, Jason, but it, it seems to me that if you have an inquisitive person in your home, you don't say, uh, bring in a, a thing, and they say, what is that thing? And you say, oh, that is a piece of technology. But it is forbidden. Do not use it. Mm-hmm. Uh, and by the way, please, my most curious son, you are tasked with disposing of this thing. <laughs> maybe he knows what he's doing. Maybe. Oh? Maybe. I mean, because otherwise he's just, yes, very, very, very bad at his job of being a parent. <laughs> Well, that's interesting. So you think that he is—he's—he's recognized that the Saru is unhappy, and he wants to give him a chance to uh, attempt to create out of this piece of technology uh, a beacon that he can talk to somebody. I think maybe it's the how do I indulge my son, even though Uh, there's this thing is forbidden, and the answer is to set it up in this situation where it's like, here is a forbidden piece of technology that you would probably really love. Go dispose of it, right? Like, hmm, mm-hmm. yes, yes. Well, I never will see it again. And so maybe that's there. I mean, I, I'm, I'm reading into it. That's some headcanon going on there. But I like it. But Or in this case, I guess it would be like bumpy, platy headcanon because <laughs> these are the Kelpians. But I mean, yeah, it's either that or he is totally clueless he's about just, it. But he's, I, well, I like that idea. that Because that we've seen Saru. Saru is... 
I mean, honestly, this answers one of those questions, which is why don't we see Kelpians? Because the way Saru is portrayed, it's like they should be all over Starfleet, right? They're, he is mm-hmm. he is intelligent and dynamic and kind and like all these things that are all these positive traits. And yet we he's the first one we've met. And now we know why is is is, you know, they're not allowed to go outside, basically, their little planet, which uh, is weird because like they get to be harvested by that other species um i you know i'd like to imagine that in 10 years captain kirk is going to come to this planet and see the <laughs> see the the uh whatever they are the bob bob the Gua <laughs> uh, and, and it's going to be like this is stupid <laughs> and just kill them and be like all right your kelpians are free now um because yeah, yep. it's a really dumb thing and maybe it is a dumb thing and the kelpians at first i was looking at it and i thought well maybe they don't know about technology and so they're kind of you know awed by this but it's clear that they understand the technology uh what it is they can write uh so they are not stupid they're just artificially kept here one assumes by by the the baul as uh yeah. uh like a like you know veal on this planet so, so they and they pop down every it once also takes some it also makes you wonder how could Saru, once he's in Starfleet, how could he not be agitating for Starfleet to stop this from happening? And my understanding is that at a convention somewhere, Doug Jones basically said, we have probably not seen the last of Kaminar, his planet. So so this may actually be a little bit of backstory that will then be followed up with the discovery uh, having some interaction with the 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 Baul or with the the Kelpians or both in an episode this season, which would be great because it does seem like this this little preview, although it tells about how Saru got out, what it leaves mm-hmm. unanswered is this is a very, I mean, I mentioned Captain Kirk earlier, this is a very Star Trek backstory, right? Which is, this is a messed up relationship. <laughs> Somebody needs to step in and say, mm-hmm. no, 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 you don't get to farm a sentient race. We're not going to let you do that anymore. And maybe not that's cool. an episode this year. Yeah, and it could it could be that it would be interesting if they come across some Baul or however the heck they ah. say it, uh, and and he uh, Saru recognizes who they are, and then that leads to um, him trying to save his some family trouble. or whatever. Maybe so. Maybe we're going to learn that Captain Pike also thinks your civilization is stupid. <laughs> In this case, they are correct uh-huh. because it's not cool. It's not- I, I, I am against it. But I like I like uh, I like this one a lot. I like the backstory. Seeing Doug Jones as Saru, you know, again, it's been a while since the first season. He's so mm-hmm. good. They're so lucky to have him. It's a yes. great showcase for him because he's often, you know, silent in a crazy costumes and stuff, like in The Shape of Water and in Hellboy and all sorts of other places. Or he's dubbed in with somebody else's voice in Hellboy. They dubbed in another actor's voice. Um, and so Saru has been such a showcase for him as not just a physical actor, but even un. Under the makeup, getting the the uh, using his voice and his movement to get the emotions and and really portray this character, and so to see him here a little younger and and starting out, but still getting that that kind of fundamental saruness uh i i really i really enjoyed it it does prompt this strange question about their society and then you know we get that beautiful moment at the end where here's lieutenant Giorgio who's here Mm -hmm. to uh take him away and that that is a great tease for you know whatever a reminder of what's happened and a tease for what's to come that was pretty cool 
That's right. And she, as soon as I saw her, I thought, how is she doing this? She's breaking the Prime Directive. Uh, but they, knowing nerds like me, were saying, screaming at their television set, what about the Prime Directive? She says, oh, you know, we have, we've never gotten, you cause, you cause quite a stir, Mr. Saru. Uh, and I had to get a whole bunch of, you know, uh, laws uh, bent so that I could come here and scoop you up. Uh, although you must promise to never come back and never right. think of your planet again. Well, they're, the fact that they're being harvested by a civilization with transporter technology would seem to me the big loophole right which is they're already yes. being interfered with in a way that's true um but maybe we'll find out more about it i don't know i, th- I think i think we'll find out more yeah. uh and the other uh annoying thing i had uh because this is the kind of star trek fan that i am uh is uh the, he he creates this little communicator uh and off he sends off a signal and he gets back hello and i thought he can read English. Uh, but then I thought, no, they're just showing it to us in English because I can't read yeah. alien script, right? Kelpian, whatever it is. Yeah, yeah right. I can't read it. And then, But then they, he has it displaying today when Georgiou is going to pick him up. And then he is writing today on a piece of paper, I guess, to under, you know, as he's learning English, maybe? I don't know. It's very confusing, Jason. There's I'm a Rosetta confused. Stone uh, CD-ROM <laughs> that's also available on there, so that covers that's that. The, yes, he, he passes, his father passes by and puts it down and says, this is forbidden disc, do not place it into the forbidden player. <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. So, yeah. But yeah, I think I think it was good overall, despite my, my quibbles. Uh, I did think it's a good, interesting character study into Saru and explaining how Saru got to where he is. Uh, I liked the mo- there was a nice little moment between him and his sister when they're out I- at the dark and he's like oh I want to s- stay out here and look at the stars and she reminds him to look down as well because there are beautiful things down here as well and you know he's about to leave the planet and so that's kind of touching because he's he's uh, clearly he loves his sister and his father uh, but he he is destined for other things so off he goes so and they pack a lot into 15 minutes yeah yeah good stuff I think I think they've definitely like everyone I've been more impressed by so far. So you're, mm-hmm. you know, good luck, Harry Mud. <laughs> well, that's the thing. I don't know. Harry Mud is one of those characters that um, we'll see what they can do. Although yeah. it's it's a, it's a brief, constrained amount of time. So I think it'll be fine. It's a real slice of life. It may just be a. It maybe it'll be funny. I hope it's funny. Uh, I hope it is funny. And as we said uh, when we were talking about the the Harry Mud episodes of Discovery, Rain Wilson does a, a remarkable job as Harry Mud. Yeah. So. Uh, I look forward to seeing him get kicked by Klingons. Yeah, that's right. It'll be good. It'll be great. And that's and that's uh, because we waited so long for this one. That's pretty soon. That's uh, in a couple of weeks. That's January third. That's right. That one is coming and, out. And before we wrap up, we should just talk briefly. They released maybe yesterday, day before, uh, depending on when you're listening. Weeks ago, uh, <laughs> a, a final season two Star Trek Discovery trailer. Yes, where we see all kinds of things happening and uniforms. And Spock has a scruffy beard. Lots of Spock in this one. There's a lot of Spock in this. So, what do you, what do you think now that we've seen a little more of this actor's whose name I do not remember uh, playing Spock? What are your thoughts, Ethan? Something or other? <laughs> uh, there's a moment toward the end where where he says, uh, where Pike says, "Is that a smile?" And he says, "Yes." And it's like, uh, and people might have might freak out about that, but um, I remember Spock in the cage 
as the you know the the women and you know on the monitor you know shouting and and he was much more emotive then and i think they're going with that i think like and in where where uh, no man has gone before too a little bit um the two pilots so i think maybe they're kind of leaning into that that they're they're saying this is a younger more emotional spock and mm-hmm. that uh, something happened between here and um, and when we see him on the Enterprise with Kirk, that maybe he's he's more restrained than he is here. And I think that's the implication from this and the other trailers that we've seen that this um, the you know, the mystery of the red angels and the seven uh, red bursts in the galaxy and this prophecy of uh, galactic Armageddon, which we get in this one. There's a little more detail there. Um, this is. Uh, obviously a big thing for Spock in his life and career. And maybe, you know, we're going to see some character development of Spock here, which is, uh, which is kind of fun. My, you know, my, it all looked good. And, um, my concern about it is partially that it's super, it's super plot heavy, which I mean, that's fine. It's a, it's a, uh, a trailer, but all the talk about this season from the people behind it is that it's going to be lighter and more fun than the first mm-hmm. season that they felt like that went a little too dark and i see no evidence of that from this trailer so i hope <laughs> it's true a little more what's, episodic a little lighter a little little more fun than than uh you know galactic apocalypse averting <laughs> prophecy whatever's I was gonna, what, what is not fun about trying to uh stop something from killing all sentient life in the galaxy yeah, well i don't know i mean uh, uh tribbles anything uh, yeah, so so I I wonder about that. And the other the other thing that gives me pause. I mean, I, I thought the trailer was great. I'm really looking forward to this season. The other thing that gives me pause just is that uh, obviously they're playing up on the fact that uh, this is a season that's got Pike in it and it's got Spock in it and it's got mm-hmm. uh, Emperor Giorgio who is now working uh, for the the secret operations spy group inside of Starfleet. Okay. Um, those are not main characters of Star Trek Discovery. I guess that's part of my, I mean, they're new and they're new toys. So I guess why you show them, but I did have that moment of with, with all the shots of Pike and Spock where I'm like, you know, this is Star Trek Discovery, right? <laughs> like, you know, that I, I really know. want to see Burnham and Saru and Tilly. And, you know, I, th- those are the people I want to see on this show. It's their show, right? Right, and I don't even. I think Burnham gets to say maybe two lines in the whole trailer, which is surprising. Saru says one kind of uh, uh, inspirational thing about no cataclysms on Discovery's watch or something like that. Yeah. But the rest of it is uh, the Pike and Spock show, really, with a starring special guest Emperor George. Yeah, yeah. It's a. Uh, and again, if I were here's the, here's the thing about like the internet is I'm sure that people all over the internet have totally freaked out about that because it's like oh what are they doing. Um, and I'm kind of okay with it because, like, it's marketing. It's a trailer. It is mm-hmm. – they're trying to get across – you know, there's some excitement about uh, Captain Pike and Mr. Spock, and they want to get people who are intrigued who didn't watch the first season to to watch this or to go back and watch the first season on streaming. Um, that Oh, Admiral Cornwell's in the trailer, too, which I, I knew she was um, – I knew she was in it because uh the actress posted something that they retweeted from the star trek discovery twitter account about being on the set but it was nice to see her because i actually liked i liked jane brooke last season and i wanted to see her again so that's that's Mm -hmm. cool i was happy to see her yeah 
yeah and uh and and we get a little ash tyler where he he looks like he's kind of like the combination klingon human crossover <laughs> link kind of missing link mm-hmm. guy which is kind of cool right. so it's all good stuff in there and i just you know I, I i think the trailer is trying to get people excited and intrigued and everybody knows who spock is so throw that in there <laughs> but uh, we'll true. see you know my other concern is that we we've now seen like the first six episodes in this trailer <laughs> like literally because my it's my true. my other concern is with all this spock like i was kind of on the under the impression based on when they cast to the actor that spock wasn't going to even show up for the first five episodes and if that's true that like this whole thing about like oh the red bursts and what are they and spock knows and they're the red angels and all that i feel like now do we know most of the plot of the season because <laughs> that's not great either so i don't know yeah, I don't. It'll be interesting to see because I think I remember when we talked about the the season finale. We we thought it would be funny if uh, we don't see Spock for episodes and episodes. But uh, all of the marketing is really leaning, and rightly so, leaning into if you have a Spock, you use Spock. Yeah, yeah maybe he's uh, at the end of episode one. I mean, at this point, given these trailers, he better be on the episode at the end of episode one, right? Like uh, that's we true. Were, we were concerned it was going to be the search for Spock, right, the whole season. Yes. But that is, that <laughs> does not seem to be the case. No, Spock is. We know where he is he's writing on the floor again yep yep oh, he's Spock. he's seen a vision uh you know there's all that also there's a bunch of klingons in this which which is yes, uh, with hair that's yeah and 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 we see laurel again and of course ash tyler the secret klingon who's not so secret anymore so no. i'm wondering how they factor into this too because we definitely see we see some klingon fights going on and uh that's the great mystery is that season one you know the, the klingons were part of the whole story um how they factor into season two now that the war has been um has been completed uh is a mystery to me like how, you know is it going to be like meanwhile laurel consolidates her power and ash <laughs> tyler has a mission or is it going to be integrated i mean i suppose if the red bursts are all over the galaxy then presumably that's the klingons right. will be affected by it i guess that's probably that, it that is my assumption that they have to deal with it and the empire's already at a crisis yeah. point so now there's more crisis and people are are, are questioning laurel's leadership because it is predicated on the fact that she doesn't blow up the planet yeah <laughs> yeah but i like i mean klingon psychology it's like wow that was that was bold i like i like that i like mary chifo i think she did a good job i think having having a character i think she is going to join the pantheon of those kind of like classic klingon characters who mm. who are uh you know uh, she's the klingon leader and she's i i, I that, that could be a lot of fun to see a little bit more of her now that she's in charge and she's we see her in a kind of a dress with a knife chopping Klingons up, which is good. That's good. That's like what it. you want. That is what you want. Yeah. And I will say when uh, they showed Captain Pike sitting uh, on the uh, the Discovery Bridge in his little um, Enterprise uniform, I don't know what to call it, but the the, the, the throwback to the original the series. Gold, the gold uniform instead of the, the kind of uh, blue of the Discovery crew, right? Yes. Marisa, my wife, turned to me and said, he, now he looks like a 1960s Star Trek captain. And I said... I think it's the uniform. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I think that's it. I, I, you know, Scott, honestly, I am so fascinated to hear the explanation of how the uniforms <laughs> are different because now, mm-hmm. now we've seen the Discovery uniforms, which are, they've got their blue with the, the, the gold or silver kind of like going down the sides and all of that. And then they've designed these classic Star Trek, t- you know, takes on the classic Star Trek. They're, mm-hmm. they're uh, like, you know, they've got a, like a seam. They're like a jacket almost. They've got running down the front and they wrap around. But, uh, you know, it's command gold, <laughs> science yes. blue and, and all your favorite colors. You're about to die red. <laughs> right mm-hmm. um and so uh, yeah how do you how do you explain how that do you 
And I did see somebody on Twitter the other day who said, okay, you designed these uniforms. Why isn't everybody wearing them now? <laughs> like, literally. And I, I, part, of me, part of me is like, did, they shot this season, so maybe they got to spend time with these uniforms. And I wonder if halfway through they're like, what if we get everybody in these uniforms by the end of the season? <laughs> I don't know how they feel about them. I think the Discovery uniforms are, are great. But then I see mm-hmm. Ensign Mount as Pike wearing the gold jacket and i'm like ooh, star trek yes exactly that is what i want my star trek to look like i I don't know i am uh, and that's what i said to marisa i'm like i this is not important at all but i really want to know how they explain why these uniforms are so different yeah i mean some Uh, people are freaking out about the fact that there's a freeze frame of a panel in uh that's scanning the enterprise that shows the the uh the like the pylons below the nacelles mm -hmm. and that they have uh, they have like cutouts in them and everybody's like that's not canonical and like people really love to freak out about like minor things that might be slightly different in art direction from a show that was made 55 years ago Mm -hmm. those people have that i don't care about that so much but the the costume design stuff (laughs) again i I don't care about the continuity of it i'm like willing to take it as read that these are essentially what the modern take on the old star trek uniforms is but i'm fascinated by the fact that they've got two total sets and they have to explain it somehow and it's probably not going to be we do not speak of it (laughs) yes please do not mention the uniform yeah well you know star starfleet did you guys lose a bet or something if you wear those uniforms Starfleet doesn't have a great uh, consistency with their uniform distribution, so maybe it's just uh, the Enterprise has been off on a mission, and uh, they get back and they find out, oh, great, they've changed the uniforms again, yeah. and nobody told us. Yeah, I, I actually, that, that's what I keep thinking, is that is that um, the, it's going to ultimately be something like Burnham saying, hmm, Constitution class gets the uniforms first, huh? Like, that simple. <laughs> like, seriously, like, wait a second. These are the new uniforms. Why don't we have these new uniforms? We're not special enough or whatever, right? Something like, you know, we'll we'll get them in two years or we'll get them in five years, something like that. I, I, That's right. I when know. you go on your first five-year mission, you'll get these uniforms. And meanwhile, uh, Giorgio's got her fancy, uh, like, creepy badge, because that's what you want if you're a spy, is to have the creepy black and gold badge that says, yes, I am that, a spy. Exactly. You tell everyone, hey, guess what? I work for Section 31 now. Yeah. And everyone's like, oh, you mean the secret spy organization? Yes. Yeah. Do you have a badge? Yes, I do. Here it is. It says secret spy right on the side. That's right. But, well, But yeah, I was excited by it. And, I, I was, and oh, I have a theory. I have formulated a theory for why it's on Thursday nights, which oh. I wonder if international partner of CBS All Access, Netflix, which mm-hmm. traditionally releases its shows on Friday worldwide, oh. I wonder if they put in a request to CBS to drop on Thursday nights so that they could release it everywhere else on Friday. Oh, well, that that makes more sense than I anything know. I can think of. I don't know because they're they're not doing they're not airing it on TV C- on CBS proper. I don't think so. I don't think so. I haven't heard. It. I feel like I would have know if they are. So yeah. uh, I don't know. Are, but who knows? It mystifies it's a crazy me. World and I, I've done a couple of Google searches to see if there's anybody who's written a story about like what the plan is and why it's rolling out on a Thursday and is that. And I have not seen any information about it. I think all they've announced is the premiere date and. It, you know, we were left to assume that since they've been debuting these things all on Thursdays, that they're trying to train us all that Star Trek happens on Thursday night now. Um, mm-hmm. Fair enough, but uh, it's fine. just it's just weird. It's just it, we'll just have to get used to it. But I, I so. am looking forward to season two. Yes. It, it should be exciting. Yeah, and you and I can make a date for Thursday nights. It's just that's right. Me, talking Star Trek as the world as it should be. I say, mm. uh, as long as we don't 
go down to the beach uh, next to our hovering murder cylinder. Nope. That <laughs> don't, is. Don't go. Don't go to the murder cylinder, whatever you do. Instead, right. enjoy this gazebo. Oh. <laughs> Thank you for the Cinnabon. <laughs>